House of HQ Podcast, episode 36. Bet you didn't know I spoke Spanish, did ya? This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, hey, what's going on, House Flipping Nation? Hope you guys have had an awesome week. I know I have. It's, I don't know, life is great. Isn't life great? Don't you guys just love life? There's so many opportunities, so many wonderful people. Have I told you guys how much I love you? I just, I don't know if I've taken the time to tell you, but I just love you guys. I think you're awesome. Did I ever tell you that I love you? Wait, I think that's the wrong song. So anyway, so for today, we've got a special treat for you. Incredible interview with Mr. Todd Toback. You know, I went and heard Todd at a class or a seminar, a meeting, and then a seminar about three years ago. And the thing I loved about him at the time, he was doing like lease options, but now he's more focused on wholesaling. But the guy just has ultimate like belief. You know, he believes he can do anything. In fact, he has a podcast called the No Limits Podcast and a website called No Limits Website, which is truly how he thinks. And that's the way I think. I believe there's no limits. You know, a lot of times people ask him, what's your end game? What? I'm like, there's like, I don't know, you just keep going, you know, you enjoy your life, have a balance, but they're, I don't, the end game is like, you know, when I'm dead, you know, and that's, you know, even beyond that, I believe there's more, but not to get too uh, off the, you know, theological here, but, you know, Todd just believes that you can do anything. One of the things I remember that he said three years ago uh, that I really loved as well was he said, if Donald Trump wouldn't do it, then why should I do it? Meaning you guys know how big I am on outsourcing and getting other people to do things for you. Todd's the same way. So Todd is currently flipping close to 10 to 20, not flipping, he's wholesaling 10 to 20 properties per month. You know, he has some incredible systems. Um, I just, I love it. Cause a lot of people have been asking about direct mail. This guy spends a lot of money on direct mail, but he has these wholesaling systems in place. That's all he does is focus on wholesaling. He doesn't want to do rehabs. He doesn't want anything. In fact, we're talking about world domination, so you might see us taking over the world here pretty soon. He's going to be the wholesaler, I'm going to be the rehabber, and boom! Anyway. All right, guys, so it's going to be a great episode. I hope you love it. That's my alarm going off, so i got to go pick up my daughter from school. Um, so if, uh, oh, I'm losing my track. Oh, really quick, before we get going, go to housekeepinghq.com slash webinar to sign up for our next webinar, where as always, I teach you some incredible information about our housing business, how you can run your housing business. I've been covering a lot about deal analysis lately, uh, estimating repairs, and then you can ask any questions you have. And of course, we kind of let you know a little more about our mastermind group, which is ridiculously inexpensive. So, all right, there's my little plug for that. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man, Mr. Todd Toback. <laughs> All right, Todd, how's it going? Welcome to the show. I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me, Justin. I'm uh, stoked to be here. All right, man. You ready to get this uh, wholesaling party started or what? Let's rock. 
All right. So before we get going, give us a little more about your background so we can get to know you a little better. Catch us up to what you're doing currently in your business, and then we'll really dive in. Okay. So I'm going to give you the long story, uh, Justin. And if it's uh, if I get too long, you know, kind of reel me back in here. But you know, in uh, in 2000, I was uh, going to college in Grand Rapids, Michigan, small college, and I got so tired of the snows. Like you know, it snows every day there from October, March. And I got so tired of this. snow. I said, you know what? I'm going out to California. So I packed up my car, $300 in my pocket. And I had my 10-year-old Labrador retriever like right in the front seat, right? And I remember driving over the Colorado mountains and through uh, Utah, Arizona. And I saw the peak of the ocean in California, like you know, in the distance. <laughs> I know you could like Justin. Um, for those of you watching the video, you know, Justin's got his uh, like surfer hat and shirt on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, freedom. I'm going to enjoy this amazing lifestyle out in California. And I was really, really excited um, that I was going to be able to do that. Of course, I was right out of college and I wasn't really aware of what it's like to live in the real world for adults. Right. So I had to get a job. So I went, I decided that I wanted to get a job working for a large pharmaceutical company because I heard these guys made a lot of money and, you know, it it wasn't like a, a crazy work life. For, I was selling erection pills for a living <laughs> and I got a really good, you know, I had some good experience there. They taught me how to sell and deal with people and, and be a professional. But, you know, one day I realized, well, I'm never going to be able to buy a house, you know, and I'm, I'm working more than I want to work. And at the time I was really into triathlons and swimming a lot. And I just wasn't doing those things because I was working too hard. I was, you know, working from, uh, you know, eight to five. And then all of a sudden I was working at night, entertaining doctors and I'm like, wow, this really isn't like the freedom that I wanted. I pictured myself walking around in flip-flops and sandals and tank tops, right? Just like, you know, Justin's looking right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just wasn't there. So what I did was I said, well, you know, maybe if I make more money, that will make me happier, right? That's like the first reaction that people have if they're not happy in their current job, right? Let me just make some more money. So I went to my boss and I said, hey, Derek, and he was a great guy, by the way, really, really nice guy, I have respect for him. And I said, Derek, um, I'd like a raise. And he goes, well, how much do you want? I said, 50%. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, but go big or go home, right? <laughs> go big or go home. And he looks at me and he's like, well, I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> um, but this is not the way the corporate world works. You know, it's, you lack this corporate immaturity and it's not happening. So, you know, should I continue to invest in you as your manager? Are you going to quit? And I said, well, let me, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's no chance I'm ever going to be able to buy a house here with this kind of salary. And uh, I'm not really like living the dream, right? I looked at myself, I'd gained like 20 pounds and I had circles underneath my eyes. (laughs) So I got in my car and I was a little depressed. I I had this uh, Chevy Impala I was driving. And out of the right-hand corner of my uh, eye on the one-on-one freeway, I see Barnes & Noble's bookstore. Nice. And uh, I just, something said, Todd, pull over. So I pulled over three lanes of traffic and I remember everyone was honking and giving off the exit. And I ended up in the real estate section. I picked up a book by Robert Allen um, called Multiple Streams of Income. Have you okay. heard? Yeah, I've read that book actually. You know, and it's a, it's a great motivating book. And of course, you don't know what you don't know. You know, it's like right. a big on the big picture, kind of light on the details, but it got me excited about real estate. And I read the whole section on real estate um, within like 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. And of course, it said the way to find a mobile is to send mail out to out-of-state owners. So yeah. this is before you had access to all the data that we have now. In 2000, it was kind of spotty in Santa yeah. Barbara. But I went down to the county courthouse, brought some donuts and bagels down to the, the lady who worked there. And I said, hey, I need to find out-of-state owners. 
Um, how do I do that? So she brought these big two catalog books and she cracked them open and she like literally like blew dust on them. She's like, <laughs> you know, I felt like I was like at a Ghostbusters movie or something like that. Um, and I wrote down 48 who lived in the comp, uh, had owned condos in the condo complex that I lived in. And I hand wrote all the letters. It didn't even fit in the envelopes. They were all lumpy. And I put the stamp on them and uh, I had the letters and I'm like, oh God, you know, like, please let this be a deal. I literally like prayed over the letters. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm thinking like, oh, there's 48 letters. There's got to be at least like 24 deals in here, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, I got one phone call, nice. one phone call, and I got a little lucky on that first deal, but it was from a motivated seller. And they lived out of the area. They lived in Bakersfield. The condo was in Santa Barbara. And they said, okay, we'll sell you the condo for $275,000. And I thought it was worth maybe three seventy-five. dollars Didn't really know what I was doing. Didn't have contracts, but we verbally agreed. And we just opened up title and an escrow. Nice. And I didn't know where I was going to come up with the money. And I was nervous as heck. I remember, you know, negotiating with them. I was like shaking and just not knowing what I was going to do. But I just took that action. Yep. And I, I called up. Uh, I didn't even know that you could assign a contract or do a double closing. But um, I figured I had to find the money. So I called my dad. He said no. Called my mom. Said no. Sister. She said no. All my friends. No one would do the deal with me except for my brother-in-law, John. He said, I'll do it. I'll fund it. <laughs> so he funded it. Um, he went and got a traditional bank loan. We bought the property. We closed. Once we had on a contract, I was marketing it to my end buyer. Long story short, uh, we sold the property, made about $80,000. I took wow. home 40. And he took home 40. Nice. And somebody, I was telling somebody this deal at a, a real estate investment club, and they're like, why don't you just assign this deal? And we're like, sign it. <laughs> you know, he's just like, you didn't need a partner. You could have, you, you could have actually <laughs> done this. You probably would have made more. <laughs> I would have made double. But, you know, I, I didn't care, right? My yeah. brother made a ton of money. I made a ton of money. And that was like my first break into real estate. I, I was hooked. And I knew that this was something that I, I wanted to do. Um, here's the problem, Justin, is that I had this corporate job. And a lot of people listening to this are probably in the same situation is that I took that money and you think that, um, you know, okay, I quit my job right then and there and I attacked it, right? Well, the money that I was making at my job actually made me soft, right? And I didn't like just jump in after that. It took like a, a point of no return where I was like, oh, I just can't take this anymore. Okay, the golden handcuffs. What they the call golden it. handcuffs, yeah. right? And it's not like I was spending all my extra money on marketing or anything like that. I was like, just kind of like dipping my toe in after that. I bought Holy. a couple properties in the Midwest and, you know, dabbling and I bought a mobile home. Um, and you know, I just wasn't hungry until one day I was, uh, just, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And I quit. And after that, my business really, really, really took off. Mm -hmm. And so, um, a couple of years later, I was doing every kind of deal known to man. I was doing a ton of lease options and owner financing and uh, like mobile homes and rental properties. And a lot of people think that's good, right? And, and Justin, I'm sure you could relate to this where it's like, well, Todd has all these streams of income. And by the way, if you're listening to this, you, you can do that yourself, but you realize that that model isn't scalable. Totally agree. And I was working too hard. And all of a sudden I'm up in my, I'm in my bed, I'm looking up at the ceiling and I'm like, babe, I don't want to go into work tomorrow. <laughs> I was making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. We had our fourth kid on the way. And uh, she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's just too much work. And like, uh, you know, I might as well become a, a sales rep and work 100% commission. I can make as much money as I want. I'm not going to have to take all this stuff home. 
And so I hired a consultant. He said, you know, Todd, what are your goals? And I said, well, I want a really, really good business that generates a lot of money. I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to sacrifice my life to do that, right? I want systems and processes. I want the help of a team to be able to grow. And I want to enable these people to make a lot of money. And so we, we listed everything um, on a whiteboard of all the different streams of income that we had and the effort and the manpower that it took. And he pointed at, at the whiteboard, Justin, I'll never forget it. He goes, what's that? What's that wholesaling thing? And I said, oh, that's, that's really easy. We just, you know, lock up properties on a contract and we sell the contracts to cash buyers who buy from us over and over and over again. And then they fix and flip them and make a ton of money when we make money and everybody's happy. And he's like, why don't you just do that? <laughs> <laughs> don't make uh, it easy. You gotta, yeah, don't, don't make it easy for me. <laughs> and he, this guy knew nothing about real estate. It was yeah. really cool because it was a fresh perspective. And so right then and there, I said, okay, that's it. And I cut everything off. I decided just to focus on wholesaling, right? Which if you're new listening to this, it's basically just finding a motivated seller who has a property and buying it as low as you can and taking that contract and then selling it to selling that piece of paper to a cash buyer who is going to fix it up and flip it and make money, or they're going to buy and hold it and make money, right? You're in and out of the transaction in seven to 21 days and you both make money. So that's what wholesaling is. Um, and we decided that we were going to scale that from what we were doing to as far as we could take it. And so right now, we wholesale anywhere between 10 to 20 houses a month. Uh, we started in San Diego and Riverside, and now we're expanding to other markets in the Midwest. But um, awesome. it's, a, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and um, you know, love this business. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So lot, I, I kind of just let you go because I could tell you you had your mojo going. So a couple things I wanted to bring up. I mean, first off, you mentioned Robert Allen's book. It's fun. I almost forgot that I had read that book, and that is probably also... The first book that I ever read that caused me to kind of start taking action, I did the same thing. I sent out random letters to something I found online. So even, but I always talk about the first seminar I went to, but even like a month or two before I went, uh, I knew about that seminar or a few weeks at least, I was sending out letters and I had a similar experience where I did get a call. And anyway, I, I didn't make 80 grand on the sure. house, but <laughs> I didn't make any money for like seven months after that. Anyway, so good job on that. Now, yeah, before you and I were talking about a lot of things you said hit home. We were talking about distractions and a lot of people will say, oh, you're leaving money on the table because you could rehab them and do this. But it's all about the highest and best use of your time. You know, I, I have a saying called good, better, best. You know, this is, something might be good. It might be really good. But if I'm better off doing this thing over here, then that is where I should really focus my time. Mm -hmm. So. I totally love that. And I love wholesalers. I buy from wholesalers and other people sometimes they don't understand that. Like I want to start out as a wholesaler and then someday be a rehabber. I'm like, okay, that could make sense if that's what you really want to do, but it might make sense for you just to be a wholesaler and then become a really good wholesaler. So, mm -hmm. um, a lot of really good points there. Uh, and we're definitely going to have to talk about, you know, me buying a lot of these houses from you. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the, the funny thing is, is like, you may say, um, you know, hey, you know, I can make a ton of money, right? Renting out surfboards, uh, you know, in, in the middle of summer to all these tourists, right? And right yeah. now you could set up that business and right now make some money. Does that mean that you should do it? No. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I totally agree. You and I, we, we're both entrepreneurs. I'm sure you have the curse as well. Do you have the curse? Hey, you got the curse, but you, you got to yeah. manage that curse. Exactly. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so I have, I have a list. I have an Evernote list of ideas that I would love to do, but yes. I get them out of my head. 
I write them down. I write down a few ideas and I leave them there. (laughs) (laughs) And every once in a while, if it applies to directly what I'm doing and I think about that thing again and again and again, I may, you know, like doing this crazy podcast. That's an idea I've had, not the podcast, but educating for years. And finally, it started to make sense. So anyway, but yeah, you got to be very selective with where you focus your time. You know, by the way, I've learned a little secret. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have that itch. And so I've, I've got a little secret to kind of handle that itch. Okay, let's hear it. You're interested. Yeah. Because eventually, be, you also love to share your ideas, right? If you have this itch and you think of this great idea, you want to share it with somebody else, totally. even if you do it, right? So um, I've always wanted to sell stuff um, on like Amazon and eBay, uh-huh. right? Oh, this is a huge market, totally. you know, and I know that I could totally take off and, you know, it's so scalable and you, you have to have hardly any employees. So what I did was I actually, uh, there's a course out there on how to make money on Amazon and I just bought it for uh, basically an intern of mine. I said, Hey, watch this, um, you know, implement it. And, you know, if you need some money to get it started, you know, I'll, I'll give you the money and report back to me once every two weeks with your progress and, you know, go take it off. Right. And I'm like a little minority shareholder in that business. He does all the work and I just kind of get to coach him and mentor him and support him in this fun activity. But I'm I'm not involved yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, something if you like have to do something, which, by the way, now I'm like all about laser focus. But like if it's something that you have to do, give the idea to somebody else and totally. focus on your best time. I totally agree. And anytime I come up with an idea now, it's kind of like what you're saying right away. I think, is this scalable? Can I outsource it? Can I have other people do this? Right. Uh, because those who are listening, they know I don't really spend time looking at my houses. I don't spend time, a lot of time on the acquisitions other than the, the big picture type thing. So um, it can't take all of my time because one little thing will take all your time. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're done. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So let's dive in here, Todd. Let's, I want to, I want to know how, I mean, 10 to 20 wholesale deals a, a month. That's insane. So how are you doing this? What are your systems? Let's talk about, first of all, how you're marketing and how you're buying these houses. Sure. Well, there's only one thing that matters. And I picked up a, a killer book by Brian Tracy. And it's called, um, what is it? It's called um, the uh, No BS, The Art of Self-Discipline. Okay. Okay. I, th- I might have botched the title. We'll but Put that in the show notes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a phenomenal book and he talks about, and Brian Tracy, you know, he's a really, really successful motivational speaker. He's got like 36 books and, you know, someone who I've had a lot of respect for, but he talks about in the book where he got this idea for this crazy marketing plan, right? And he started dumping money into a marketing plan. And what he forgot to do at one point, because he looked at his balance sheet and he almost went broke. Totally. (laughs) Almost broke. And he's like, he goes, the reason why I almost went broke is because I wasn't selling. I was doing everything else but selling. The comes to wholesaling, the number one thing that you can do is be talking to a seller. Got it. More time that you could uh, talk to a seller, the more sellers that you could talk to, the more money that you'll be making. And so some people, you know, think that they have to, you know, get the business cards and the websites and, oh, you know, yeah, this huge, crazy autoresponder auto funnel, yeah. you know, um, with 32 different stages, you know, it's like, I don't even know how this stuff works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and meanwhile, it's like, just get on the phone and talk to a motivated seller. So I'll get a little bit into our systems, but if you're brand new and you had no money, you know, you could get on Craigslist and literally, um, you know, call a hundred sellers off Craigslist and do a deal. I like that. I mean, you could actually do that and you're better off than the guy who's going to spend $10,000 a month in marketing and take his sweet time calling back 
motivated sellers. Totally. Because it happens all the time. Happens all the time. People spend the money and all of a sudden calls come in. They wait like a week to call them back. And they're like, that didn't work for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I love the thing about Craigslist or calling for sell by owners or whatever. I mean, I always tell people, it's like, look, it takes time. And if, if you talk to enough people and you know your numbers, of course, you got to have the basic education. But if you know your numbers, you know right. how to analyze a deal. I mean, you're going to get something. And that's how you learn. And that's a great way to learn before you go and spend a bunch of money on on marketing or, right. or whatnot. So the, the, right now, you know, the biggest thing is uh, we spend a lot of money on letters and postcards and we send those out and we generate phone calls and then we have a team who answers those. And initially that was me, right? So you, know, you can't think that you're above that when you're starting. You got to get sure. on the phone and you got to work it and you got to learn what a motivated seller sounds like. You have to get off the phone with people who aren't motivated, right? You got to send those offers out. And eventually you'll get to the right to hand that off to somebody else. Yeah. And you can't really teach that to someone if you've never done it yourself. I and mean, we can tell you about it till we're blue in the face. Right. But it's something you really need to experience yourself. I don't think you need to lay carpet or paint a wall yourself or lick envelope, lick a stamp. But I think to teach someone how to do what you're talking about, I think you have to do it yourself at first. Uh, absolutely. And so... Um, I love it. I mean, I love talking to motivated sellers. I love teaching my team how to talk to motivated sellers because it's, um, it, you know, you can do a one close call, you know, one, one, uh, what did I say that one call close, right? Where, when you're on the phone with them and read them and build rapport. And here, here's the one secret that I found out is that when you got a motivated seller, it's never about price. They may say it's about price. Okay. But it's never yeah. about price right? Are you, do they like you? Do they trust you? Right? Are you going to do what you say that you're, what you're going to do? Right? And so it's your job to do that. You know, I remember one time we met with this uh, motivated seller in El Cajon, um, California, and Ole, she was like 90 years old. And we started negotiating for the house. I think we sold the house for like a buck 20 and we bought it for, uh, I don't know, like 105,000. So we wholesaled it for 15,000. The, the wholesale, the, the rehabber like made a killing. I think they sold it for like 280. <laughs> but um, the issue was, is that she felt like A, she wanted to negotiate, but B, her biggest thing was that she wanted someone to help her move. She wanted someone to help her move. Yeah. And so if I would have started at 60,000, I probably could have bought the house for 70. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it was that she obviously felt like she wanted to negotiate and she wanted someone to help her move. And she made us really drag out the process because she also wanted company. With, with the whole thing. After we closed, she wouldn't cash the checks, <laughs> right? And that escrow company still has had to reissue that check three times uh, because she still like wants to talk, right? And she doesn't want this thing to be final. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her, send back the check. You'll talk yeah. to her every week. And I'll talk to her every week. I'll, I'll handle the check. But <laughs> she, she's laughed at that one. But you know, the biggest thing is you know, understanding sellers, understanding people and connecting on a deep level. And so, uh, you know, that, that, that's the biggest thing. And so the more postcards we send out, the more conversations we could generate, the more relationships we could build, the more offers we could send out, the more deals that will do. Now, um, so, oh, go ahead. Yes, that, that's our main model is we, we, we really love to mail. And uh, that's where the majority of our deals come so from. That's the majority of your deals. Are you doing postcards and letters? Are you using, I assume you're outsourcing it. Um, you're, not, you're not doing these on your own, right? No. So I use um, a couple different mail houses. Okay. I've used letters 
for a while. Um, they've got experience with real estate investors, a company called CDs Direct in Escondido. Okay. So you guys want to check them out. CDs Direct. And yeah. they're in Escondido and they're just a mailing house company. Yeah, they also do like fulfillment. Like if uh, you want to do some printing and stuff like that, and you want to try some cool different mailers. Okay. Um, try try them out. Um, so any kind of if if anyone's listening to this and they're flipping business and they do a newsletter, call up CDs Direct. By the way, it's like uh, they're a family owned business and they've treated me so well. Okay. Um, I would definitely give them a call and I would say that just because I want to help them out. They're just oh, awesome. I, I mentioned that Todd recommended them. So, um. Okay, got it. So you have these two couple mail house companies that you use. And do you work with them on your message? Or do you just say, okay, that one looks good, go? No, what I do, uh, I pull the lists. And then I'll just send them a postcard that I want to print. They just send it out. Okay, so you let them know what you want them to send out. Yes. So you come up with that marketing. Now, I want to get into you, you mentioned lists. I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping all over. Do you mind sharing what lists you focus on? Well, you know, everybody loves mailing the non-owner occupied list. So of course, those are going to be your best deals. It's going to be your simplest deals. And, um, you know, when you buy the house, there's a good chance it's going to be vacant. Right. And so when I sell a house like that, that's like, I love it. Right. Because I could put the house on lockbox. I can send out the cash buyer out there. He can go look at it. It's just like no hassle. Right. I'll buy all your occupied ones. I don't care. (laughs) I don't, so, I don't care. I don't need well, to see the inside. <laughs> right. Then you have the, you know, we'll have the owner occupied sometimes that we mail. So I mail everything. Okay. But just because I love to mail hard, I mail occupied and, and not okay. uh, owner occupied just because the market isn't big enough. Once you get to a point, I just have to do it. Exactly. Now, the non-owner occupied list is way more profitable for me. Okay. Um, you know, per dollar spent and the, usually the situations are easier, right? The non-owner occupied, I usually have to deal with some more situations. Um, maybe you have to wait for the seller to move out. There's a lower, you know, return on investment, but I am able to pull deals yeah. out of that. Um, so again, I, I mail everything. I mean, in San Diego, we're doing like a hundred thousand postcards alone here a month. So you're just focused on equity then? Focused on equity. Yes. Excuse me. I should have mentioned that is they have to have uh, at least 35% equity for me to mail to them. And using like, like list source or use list source. Um, there's a guy there who I use, uh, this is not an affiliate relationship or anything, but honestly, <laughs> Todd Tomac. Tomac? No way. <laughs> Tomac, right? So when this guy, I originally called list source, they called me back and I'm playing a prank on name really is Todd Tomac. Um, and he'll quote you a price, but definitely negotiate him down. Um, from what he quote, he, he quotes you. Um, you could probably get it down to somewhere to six cents a name for like a mortgage origination date lead and then uh, 10 cents a name for equity. We, we've really negotiated ours down as well. Um, uh-huh. In my mastermind group in the forum, we were talking about this. Day, some people are paying this and some people are paying this. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there, there's another thing called like REI source, which I think title companies use, which is what we use. And I thought that's why we had it cheaper. But then someone else is like, no, it's just about negotiating it down. Anyway, I don't. So yeah, it's, try, try to see how low you can get on those. You know what though? I think it's a, where I'm looking at right now too, Justin, is I think it's important to take a look at a couple different sources. Um, you know, like I noticed I own, uh, I should say I, I, don't, I don't own anything, um, but I control some real estate around town. And yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, pulled some lists which my name should be on and they're okay, not. Uh, uh, interesting. Data, there's data missing. Yeah. So I know I, I, right now, uh, and I'd lo- actually, I'd love to uh, leverage your podcast here, by the way, is I would love to know uh, about your guys' data sources. If there's like some ninja list guy that you have 
we'd love to hear about it, right? Maybe put it in the comments or something like that. Um, always looking for guys who are really, really smart that way. So uh, Lissaurus, you mentioned REI um, source. Which but, is the uh, same thing as Lissaurus. It's the same but, data. That's the same okay. data. Um, There's another company called Listability that some of my um, friends in a mastermind use. I haven't used them yet, but I've heard that they pull more free and clears. But uh, I'm definitely looking for more. And if you know of any, I'd love to hear about it. Okay. Yeah, it sounds good. So put, put that down there in the show notes, guys. We'd, we'd appreciate it. So how often, I mean, are you mailing each of these guys like a series of emails that go postcard, letter, and what kind of, what's your focus there? We just go hard every single month. I mean, if you're mailing these big lists, forget letters. That's way too expensive. It's going to have to be postcards. Okay. And we mail the same list every four to six weeks. And so your rate of return is going to go down, but you're still going to do deals, right? It's going to yeah. give you a thick pipeline. You know, my average, and I don't want this to scare you guys, uh, but in the hyper-competitive market, right? Like San Diego or yeah. like Phoenix, you know, your cost of acquisition is probably going to run 6,500, maybe up to $7,000. Yeah. It's good to hear you say that. Um, yeah. we've recently, I mean, I, cause, cause I have people in my mastermind group who they'll spend you know, a couple thousand dollars and, and they get discouraged and they want to give up. And I'm like, well, you know, definitely don't go put yourself bankrupt. That's for sure. But right. I let them know, I say, you know, yeah, I, it costs a lot of money to, to make money, right? And especially depending right. on where they're mailing, you know, when we're mailing to the areas that may not be as populated or as quite as, uh, our profit's not going to be as big though. Like I kind of look at it as, okay, how much money am I spending? It looks and uh, reflects the profit typically. So we just oh, started, yeah. we just started mailing in like LA County and I predicted that it would cost us more money to get a deal there. Um, but you know the the guy that anyway I, I won't get into detail. But we were th- someone else is thinking it would cost like three grand, two thousand to three grand. I'm like, I think it's gonna cost a little more. It's cost us more, so it's good to hear you hear you say that because those price points are higher for sure. So. Yeah, you know the one thing also we did because we were mailing in L.A. for a while, uh, we, and we eliminated anything over five hundred grand. They're like those zip codes, it's like the sellers are way too savvy. Yeah, and it's like you know you you can do it. I mean, we did a couple of deals in that upper price range, but it's just not worth the time and effort. So I would recommend you know, targeting houses right at the, the median, below the median, and you're going to have a lot of better luck. You know, the, the people who sell our houses have some kind of personal problem that, wants them, that, that gives them the desire to sell at a discount. Yeah. Right. So definitely targeting. If you're in a hyper competitive market like L.A., I would target places like you know, uh, Compton and Long Beach because we did a couple of deals in Long Beach and uh, like Wilmington. And uh, that's where we were profitable, right? And then, you know, obviously you target Malibu and yeah. it's happening. <laughs> not, probably not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't hit my neighborhood either. It's just right. people are just people who want to live in those areas. I think the thing is they don't care as much if the house is perfect because they want to live there. They're going to pay what it takes to live there. And right. the margin is just going to be smaller. That's kind of my hypothesis there. So, All right, guys, I'm so sorry to disappoint you, but we're going to... Cut it off there, and we will continue next week. I'm actually uh, running late. I got to have a flight to Utah. I got to catch. Um, so we're going to cut this part. This episode was so loaded with so much content. Uh, we're going to cut it into two, and we'll release the other episode next week. I'm sure you're just like hanging on like, oh, I want it now. But anyway, it'll be there soon. It'll be there for you. And as always, if you have any questions for myself or Todd, you can go to housewomenhq.com slash episode 36, and we'll be happy to answer those for you. Uh, Todd is something else, man. I'm really looking forward to working with him. And 
Once again, go to HouseofMeHQ.com slash webinar and sign up for our upcoming webinar. There's just something about being able to interact with you guys live that I think is very powerful. You know, you'll see me on there live. Um, I'll go through some stuff on video. I sometimes do screenshots, just showing you all kinds of things live of what we're doing and then answer any questions you have live. So, all right, guys, have a great week. You can do anything. Just believe that and make it happen. And we'll be here for you along your journey. I love you. I'll miss you. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.